Are you ready for a hip-hop-infused, feudal-style romp with swords and razors? And I'm talking the Motorola kind. Everybody sit back, crack a cold one, and, well, don't settle for anything less than the number one headband as we talk about the 2007 Smash anime series, Afro Samurai. Cody! We're back <laughs> on the next episode of Shonen and Suds. I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. Welcome, welcome. We have, uh, you know, we're, we're on to something new this week, my man. Uh, you know, we finished up Cowboy Bebop, that whole run last week. Um, and we're getting into something, you know, a little bit different, but uh, also one that I'm, I'm actually glad we watched because I haven't watched this one in a while. I don't think I've watched this one for, I, I want to say it's at least been 10 years since I've seen Afro Samurai. Um, so... This is exciting. I'm actually really excited to dive into this one. But uh, before we get started, Cody, before we move uh, another muscle, what you drinking? Well, Chris uh, moved on to another member of the Bud Light family or the Anheuser-Busch family. Uh, but it's a I like to, I like to think you've got like a mafia like pin board up with like the Budweiser family. You know, I just go to Seven Eleven and I just one by one I'm eliminating each tall boy of Anheuser Busch products. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, but it's a hot summer day here in St. Louis, so we got we went with the mm-hmm. the cool refreshing refreshing excuse me, uh, lime arita. Oh, nothing says uh nothing says summer months like a uh, Bud Light lime arita. Well. Cody, this week I am back on the beer train. I don't know if you heard me crack it in the microphone there. I'm a, uh, oh, wow. you know, I'm drinking. Oh, excellent! I'm, I'm drinking a listening. little. Uh, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I'm drinking a little Modelo Especial. You know, for for those who don't know, it's like a Corona, just a little more Especial. But for you know, I I am very much a beer person. Before we get into Afro Samurai, I want to kind of give you just a little, just a quick beer lesson, if I could. Um. One of the things, um, you know, when you look at uh, Mexican-style lagers, uh, cerveza, which which I I believe is just beer um, in Spanish, uh, that style of beer, um, it's actually something that originated with German colonization in the mid-1900s. So most lagers you see, and, you know, when you start, you know, on pretty much this side of the world, you know, you start talking Mexico down into South America, a lot of those styles are primarily are are because of German colonization. So, you know, you can start tracing those styles of beers back to that section of the world. Um, so just a fun little beer history lesson there. So when you're drinking any sort of, you know, Mexican style lager, you know, it's, it's essentially nothing different than just a German style lager. It's the same thing, same recipe, same, you know, same techniques. Interesting. Well, there's our history lesson for the week there, boys. Uh. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, it is crisp and refreshing and hits the spot. But uh, so, you know, Cody, I'm just ready to dive in like this. Like Afro Samurai, like I said, is what we're talking about today. Um, and, you know, before we you know jump in, let's go ahead and do a quick tale of the tape. Um, well, before we get into the tale of the tape, let me back that up. Cody, I I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, there were some things that I don't remember as fondly or I didn't care for as much. And we'll get into that as we talk about it. What did you think, uh, you know, as you were watching Afro Samurai again. I don't know when the last time you've seen it was, but is it something that you, you know, are are fond of? Is it something you have some good memories of, or something you haven't seen in a while? Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, 
I hadn't seen it probably since about 2016, which was actually probably around the same time I watched Cowboy Bebop. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I actually kept watching, and I've already watched uh, Resurrection once. Nice. Not even, not even thinking about it. I was like, oh, wait. I have another week to watch this. Um, but yeah, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I know, yeah, no, yeah. I know there's one thing that we'll probably disagree on about a certain, some... a certain character that you might not like. Um, yeah, there are some things that I don't rem- that I didn't care for. I and we'll get into that, right? Like, I, I there were some things that as I was watching, it, I was like, ah, well, this just seems dumb. Well, and maybe it's because my tastes have changed um, mm-hmm. since I saw this last time. But it's some, but I feel like it's all really, really nitpicky because I think overall, like Afro Samurai is excellent excellent short series for someone to you know we talked about beginner animes mm-hmm. um in the cow during the cowboy bebop time i think afro samurai is another very bite size you know something you can just kind of sink your teeth into and then you know move on to something else it's it's it, it's good it carries its own weight like i think everything about it for the most part is very very solid um but yeah, no, we, I think we'll have some disagreements on a couple things, but I'm I'm ready to dive in, my man. Are, are you are you ready to start talking about Afro Samurai? I I think I'm ready. Uh, well, yeah. shit, I'm ready. I am beyond ready. But uh, Cody, was there any news this week? I know it seemed like a pretty uh, relatively light week as far as uh, you know anything related to Afro Samurai. There's not really much happening with this you know this this IP much anymore, as far as I know. Yeah, nothing really. Um... I mean, I looked into it a little bit because there was rumors mm-hmm. years ago about a live action, um, mm-hmm. and it which like, I think this one could do very well with a live action treatment. I genuinely think that. Well, unfortunately, it looks like the, I guess, like the studio that w- was handed the like the rights to it, um, mm-hmm. they ended up shutting down their U.S. offices. So it doesn't. Well, look like it doesn't look like something that's going to come to fruition anytime soon, really. F's in the chat, everyone. But you know. We do have we do have five, like a five episode miniseries in a movie, so it's yeah. Unless you yeah. want to dive into the video games, of course. Um, I I remember playing because it was a it was a PS2 game, wasn't it? I want to say it was PlayStation Three. Was it? I don't I remember. I, I've played it on Xbox 360. I remember that. Um, okay, that might have been where I played, but I I don't remember. I, I I'm pretty sure it was from last. I. I guess technically we're coming into the next console generation, but it was the 360 PS3 era. But I, for some reason, a small part of me thinks it was a PS2 game because I remember there. Oh, excuse me, I've had a beer in a while, so now it makes me bleep. <laughs> but um, like for some reason, it reminds me of like the era of like the Samurai Champloo game. I feel like that was all kind of around the same time, but I may be wrong. When you get when you get to be my age, Cody, the, the years just kind of blur together. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um... But yeah, they they have apparently they also have a PS4 game, um, which I've never no never heard of it, never even knew existed. Um, but it looks like the reviews here are pretty terrible. Um, so nice, maybe something we could check out down the road. Maybe, maybe, maybe something for you know shits and giggles, s's and g's, whatever you want to call them. But Cody, enough, 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 hooey and hoot nanny. Let's get right in. Let's get right into the tail of the tape. Of course, we're talking about Afro Samurai. Now, Afro Samurai was actually written and illustrated by Takahashi uh, Okazaki, um, and this was originally um, it was a it was a serial serialized um, manga that was in a uh, magazine called a uh, I'm got, probably going to pronounce it wrong, so I apologize. Uh, no, no, how um, from it was the end of 1998 to right around 
the near the end, last quarter of 2002, like October or something like that. I don't know the exact months, but um, but it wasn't until 2006 where the rumblings of it becoming an anime actually started to uh, come into fruition. Maybe it was sooner than that because I know it was a collaboration uh, with some big Hollywood names. That you know, we're talking Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, you know, Ron Perlman's part of the cast, but I want to say like Samuel L. Jackson and the RZA. For you know, Cody, I'm a big hip hop guy. I fucking love and grew up listening to Wu-Tang Clan. RZA, a.k.a. Bobby Digital, whatever you want to call him, um, is, is pretty much the man behind the score of this uh, this series, which, I mean, if, you know, you said you watched the episodes and the movie, I mean, the the intro slaps. It's just it's just classic RZA. So, yeah, and he actually did the full soundtrack as well. Yeah, he sure and, did the full for, score. Uh, and for the, the follow-up movie as well, which we'll get to next week, obviously. Oh. Absolutely, but it was uh, it pre- it premiered. Um, it was actually adapted into an anime by the studio Gonzo, um, and that I want to say it premiered uh, January fourth, two thousand seven. And Cody, if I'm also not mistaken, the way it was aired, it was actually aired in, in, in on Japanese television in English with Japanese subtitles. So I'm pretty sure for this one, English is the primary language um, that this anime is actually meant to be watched in. Um, I don't even know if there are. I don't. Is there a Japanese language option? I have to imagine there is. I think. Um, I'm, I'm, I assume there is nowadays, at least. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've never actually seen it in Japanese. If there is one. Um, well, because like, and, and it makes sense, right? Like this one is very much like a hip hop, you know, just a super fusion. Because like, like the like you you need the uh you know you need the the, the accents you need the the jive like you need you need that inflection in people's voices, like in the characters when they're talking, because it really brings them to life. Um, so, yeah, dude, like, I'm, I'm just excited. So we're, what we're talking about today is uh, pretty much the five-episode series. Um, it was, you know, and it was also mashed together into a movie. Um, I also believe they released a director's cut, which is, is that what the movie is? It's all kind of the same thing? Yeah, I'm not sure what the difference is between the director's cut and the like the regular series. I actually own the series, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the what all is different. I'm sure there's a little bit more blood, a couple probably like a few extra sure. scenes. Um, more blood, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah <there's, laughs> there can't be much more. Yeah, there's a lot in this uh, in this show. Um, yeah, so that, that's a that's a oh, well. Before we move on, there's a you know I guess I guess we feel obligated. We have to say you know spoilers. Where if you have not watched Afro Samurai, you may want to go ahead and stop here. We're gonna yep. give you that. This is your. This is the time to hit the hit the stop button. Visit us, you know, in a couple days or you know, however long it takes. You know, a couple hours, however long it takes you to to go through the series because we will be covering everything. Um, but it's also if you have younglings and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to expose them to any kind of violent television. It, it this is this is pretty violent. Like this, there's a lot of gore, a lot of blood, a lot of gurgling. And there's also some titties. <laughs> yeah. So and, we get a and the violence starts right off the bat. Actually. Oh, right from fucking Jump Street, and I mean, we see some titties. I think in episode two, and I think that's <laughs> the only time we see titties. So we'll keep, we'll keep a counter of those. Uh, yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, definitely depends on the anime. There's some animes where there's more titties than not, but I think this one we only get a. You know, we're not. It's not Ninja Scroll here. We're not. You know, we're not licking <laughs> chops. But um, but we uh, but yeah. So definitely not not for 
not something you want to just let your youngins watch by themselves unless you're totally cool with it. I'm not look, I'm not here to tell you how to parent. You you do you do what you feel is best for your kids. <laughs> I mind my own damn business. I was watching RoboCop when I was six years old, so I've got no room to talk. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Chris, uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and dive right into episode one. Dude, let's fucking go. Let's put on our headbands, grab our swords and our uh, our little uh, our little wooden flip flops, and let's just fucking. I don't. I feel like those have a name, and I feel bad for just calling them wooden flip flops. I don't. Know you know what I'm talking. You you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, they seem uncomfortable. If they I'm... seem awful. Um, they seem. I don't know how anybody could walk, let alone fight in those fucking things. But let's you know, bull. You know. <laughs> Clothing and fashion statements aside, let's go. This one just this one brings us right in, like right off the fucking bat. So, so Cody, just paint the picture for me. Where when 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 the show opens up, where what are we staring down the barrel of? We start off. We got kind of like this uh, this nice sunset. We're looking at a mountaintop. Um, mm, glorious. And then we see like a young boy, which we know as the viewer, this is Afro, um, mm-hmm. and he's there with his father. And there, you see, his father's got the number one headband on, basically. And you see his challenger. Uh, he's kind of like a, almost looks like a Western guy. Yep, like a cowboy. And this is Justice. Um, who, like you said earlier, he's actually voiced by, it's Ron Perlman, right? That's his name? Yep, it, yep, it is uh, TV's Ron Perlman. You may know him from, you know, the movies Hellboy, the Hellboy movies, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Um, dude, Ron Perlman is a goddamn national treasure. Yeah, he's been in a lot. Uh, a lot. There's a, a lot, lot of movies I can't think of off the top of my head at the moment. Pacific Rim's another one he's in. Uh, tr- uh, City of Lost Children is one of my favorites with him in it. Um, let's see. Blade 2. I, I, I could talk forever about Rod Perlman. I celebrate the man's whole fucking catalog. Oh, he is in Blade 2. I forgot about he that. He sure is. Yep. He uh, sure <laughs> is. But anyhow, he in this, he's, uh, he's kind of like a gunslinger. Um, mm-hmm. And... Basically, he's there to challenge Afro's father. His father has the number one headband. Yep. So you learn very quickly that there there's a pecking order to things. Um, clearly, if you're you know you have the number one, if you are the number one, this is the lifestyle you're going to live. Like you you kind of get that right off the bat that you know he's being challenged, and as the person with the with the headband, it's it's his duty. It is his duty to accept this challenge. Yeah, and. Uh... So they basically immediately ensue in combat, um, which it seems almost unfair. You got you got justice just whipping out two fucking irons, whole fucking big iron, just. Yeah, he's shooting guns, but, and uh, Afro's father, he's got just a sword, basically. Um, which I believe his name is. Um, uh, he has the name. It's a uh, Roku Roku Taro, is actually his name. But they never they never mention that, if I'm not mistaken. They never they never mention his name at all. It's just always yo daddy or yo pappy yeah. whenever Justice mentions him. Yeah, Rokutaru. Yeah. Um Yeah, actually I don't even know if they say Justice's name throughout this entire no, they, they they actually don't, uh, as far as I know. Yeah, it's a great anime, but it's pretty bad at uh, introducing our characters by name. Uh, yeah. Outside of Afro, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. but I won't knock it too much. Um basically they're they're fighting. And actually, it seems like Afro's dad, he kind of has, like, the upper hand for a minute. He's oh, kinda... definitely. Yeah, he actually has him, he has him right where he wants him. Uh, he basically disarms him. Uh, and then right when it seems like he's about to go for the final blow, we kind of flash to young Afro. It's just, like, the, his face. Mm-hmm. And you kind of hear a blade slice, basically. And next thing you know, you see his father's head. He's basically been beheaded. 
Yeah, and it's weird, right? Because you see them like you know you you see it in classic animes or samurai movies, the the cross, right? They 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 strike and they cross each other, but you see Justice holding his guns, mm-hmm. and you see Afro like or you see uh, Rokotaro like you know with his sword like he did a slash, and all of a sudden you see you see his head just come right off his fucking shoulders. Um, and you're how the hell did that happen? You know what I mean? Like there there's just kind of this this air of mystery of how that actually happened to him. At least to me, like, I, I was wondering, did, does, do his, did he just like shoot his fucking head off or something like very quickly? Did he cut his head off with his guns? Did his guns have a blade at the bottom? So like, and it, this is 2010, Chris, I am probably high as a fucking kite when I'm watching this. <laughs> um, but like I was invested from the moment they started fighting and justice is actually my favorite character in the entire series. So moving on. Yeah, they kind of leave it a mystery as to, like, what happened. You don't really get to see, like, what causes him to cut his head off, basically. But mm-hmm. sure enough, he he's he's one. He takes the number one headband. He grabs uh, Rokotaro's head kind of throws it at Afro. And he's basically kind of, like, gives him the whole spiel about, like, this will haunt you forever. Mm-hmm. Come and challenge me when you're ready to face a god. Um, basically, because okay. as the number one, he's basically untouchable except for people that mm-hmm. have the number two headband. Yeah. We have, you know, we have a, we have a kill bill situation here, right? Where we have a, you know, what, when, uh, when, when Uma Thurman fought Angela Bassett's character and her daughter was standing there. Yeah. This whole, yeah, I, I just killed, I just killed your, your parents. Come find me when you're old enough or when you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. And then we kind of get a, a nice camera angle of Afro. Basically he's, he's crying. He's a boy. And then he kind of gets the stern look on his face, and we kind of flash forward to present day, where wherefore, where he is now the the reigning number two, and he is surrounded by fucking goons. Yeah, and we kind of have like this the leader of these little goons basically is telling him just to forfeit the headband, yada yada mm-hmm. yada. Your typical kind of like goon speech. Um, and Afro, well, he's got like a weird like glass eye kind of situation. Right, and then Afro just takes these kids to school. Uh, I mean, he's yeah. sl- slicing and dicing, basically. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 you know we're taking limbs off of people. Noggins are being knocked off, but you you kind of get through the dialogue here that you know he's he's in a very like volatile position. You know, everybody under him, which you know you don't see any other headbands, but everyone is vying for the number two spot because they all know what it means. Um. So he is just under constant threat of you know of shit just like this, where you've got not and it's so weird to me that like only one person can carry the headband, but he's constantly under threat by fucking goons, which is weird to me. No, yeah, he basically has to live a life where it's nonstop fighting, basically, and he does not mind it because that's you know, and we'll dig into that a little bit more as we talk about the other episodes. But it's something that he's clearly been bred for from Jump Street. <gasps> Excuse me. That's burp number two. We got. We're back on the counter. That's right. Um, but while he's while he's fighting all these guys, we kind of see this. Almost looks like a little bald old man, kind of, and he's got like this, this like set of like night vision binoculars, basically, and he's watching Afro. Yeah. Basically, just take out this entire party of enemies in front of him. Which is kind of weird, right? Like this is kind of this is kind of disorienting at first because you you're so far to this point. You know, you're probably 15, 20 minutes into the show, or maybe not that far, maybe 10 minutes in, and you, you think you're in this kind of feudal era 
you know, anime because you, you know you've got guns, but they're very you know they're you know they're they're revolvers, they're six shooters. You know, you have this kind of westerny you know eighteen hundreds kind of vibe. But then you see my man with these fucking splinter cell ass Sam Fisher fucking solid snake ass uh, like binoculars with like with like a Terminator display. Yeah, and then and you also see like a big number. Uh, I want to say you see number two on the side of this guy's head. I can't remember which number he is. I want to say he's I, I think he's. See, I'm I think he's six, two, but I can't remember. Well, six is the big hoss, which we talk about. Like, I think he's number two. Yeah, he is. That we two. see, he is number two. Um, and also here, the the leader of the, the like initial group of goons, he's kind of like, he kind of gives the the same old like bad guy speech, like, "Why do you got to kill all my men? Why do you got to kill me?" It's like you started this whole thing. Um, uh-huh. But Afro kind of hits him with the line, "It's it's just simple revenge. That's it." Yeah, so that that tells you this. It tells you right there. It sets the pace for what you're in for for the next, you know, two hours of content. So fucking buckle up, crack another cold one if you need to, because this is where we're going. Yeah, and this, um, this is also where we don't really know what era we're in because we see the old man with the two on the side of his head. He takes out, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, like a Motorola razor, basically. Dude, fucking boop, Boost Mobile. Where are you at? He just pulls out the old fucking Motorola razor, and I'm like, what the fuck is? Oh, I like it though. I like the blending of modern and you know eighteen late eighteen hundred esque, maybe even earlier than that. Like that, you know, I guess yeah, nineteenth century doing the, you know, I know yeah, nineteenth century. Uh, the blending of those two eras. So there is some technology, but there's also this very old school kind of traditional feudal esque, you know, style, which I think is really really neat. Yeah, it's kind of just. All over the place, really. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you notice these guys are basically, they're keeping an eye on Afro, at least for now. So we got some more uh-huh. history there. And Afro basically, he, he starts walking, and this is where we get introduced to another character that pretty much goes unnamed. <laughs> His name is Ninja Ninja, officially. Um, Fucking Ninja Ninja. Which, if you haven't noticed that Afro was voiced by... Samuel L. Jackson, Ninja Ninja, you'll you'll absolutely know. Fucking immediately. Um, and believe it or not, Cody, I actually this whole time I didn't know that Afro was voiced by Samuel L. Jackson because you know he he might have like five lines of dialogue in the entire show. Yeah, as does. as Afro, he does or adult Afro because I think he speaks more as a kid than he does in as an adult. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, did not actually- know that. That he was up, the same person. Yeah, we're actually coming up on one of his like five lines that he says as an adult. Um, yeah. We kind of flashed it. We see this uh, kind of like this little ratty looking guy, and he's running. Mm-hmm. And uh, he runs into this bar, basically. It mm-hmm. seems like a bar. Um, yeah, a little, little, little diner-esque. I mean, there's, there, there's, there's a bar in there, and there, there's drinks to be had. Yeah, and he basically comes in with a message basically saying that he's seen Afro coming mm-hmm. through town, basically. Yep, and then of course all these fucking, just all these fucking knuckle dragons, these fucking knuckle dragons. They're all just like, oh well, he's coming. I'll take him out. And the guy's like, no, you won't, because I'll take him out. Well, I'm gonna do it. No, I'm gonna do it. And then they just start like beating the shit out of each other. And there's like this big fucking hoss of a man, old fucking big bad John over here. Yeah, and uh, we also have a guy off in the corner, and he's kind of asking like the bartender chick. He's basically like, so what's What's everybody all in a ruckus about? And she kind mm-hmm. of. This is where we kind of get the story about the the headbands, essentially. Where yep. Everybody's fighting to get the number two, so they can challenge number one, because number one essentially is like a god. He's untouchable. 
except yep. by the person that wears the number two headband. Yep. Um, What's so- this whole time? I mean, there, there's Afro's walking this whole time. He is he is from the start of the, from the start of this show to the very fucking end. His only goal is to get to fucking justice and exact his revenge. Right. And so while these guys, these thugs, basically, they start basically whipping the crap out of each other inside this bar. Um, Afro comes in. And it's kind of like a standstill moment. He just walks right through everybody, walks straight up to the bar. But Chris, he, he doesn't order a, a crud light. He doesn't order a whiskey. What does he order? Yeah, he orders an ice cold fucking country time ass lemonade. He's like lemonade. And not only does he order a lemonade, he has his own fucking straw that he pulls out of his. Uh, well, he he orders the lemonade. But uh, he doesn't get to drink it right off the bat because old fucking big bad motherfucker just comes and like crushes the cup. <laughs> and when he does that, Afro just fucking sends him to the moon. Yeah, yeah. He kind of he holds up a finger and he's like, "She's like one more," and then he points to the guy. Yeah, like, on his tab. <laughs> yeah, and then he gives him a nice backhand. He goes flying. Um, and then like he he slurps it down with his uh his own straw, and he's like, "Hmm, refreshing." Yeah, he's got the coolest straw I've probably ever seen. It's mm-hmm. not, not one of the collector ones you can get at 7-Eleven, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not not like a Burger King Kids Cup straw or like a crazy straw with like the nine loops in it. Um, <laughs> it's not something... I don't know if you've ever seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space where the old fat fucker pulls out a this massive wacky straw and sticks into the, one of the cocoons yeah, and then I, starts I drinking actually, the guy's blood. I actually have seen that, believe it or so, not. So you know the fucking crazy straw I'm talking about, right? <laughs> it's, uh, beautiful, beautiful. That made the joke better. But yeah, but like, but after he knocked old fucking big boy out, like nobody in the bar fucked with him after that. Yeah, he kind of looks around and they all like flinch and like hide basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually, the bartender she ends up giving Afro like quite a bit of advice, tells him basically, "Hey, go down this path, yep. something, something or another," and basically says, "Just be on the lookout because they're they're waiting for you." Mm-hmm. Talking about just more assassins essentially. Yep. Um, well, because also too, like at this point, he's leaving the town and. Him and you know, I was gonna wait a little bit. I, when I first watched Afro Samurai, I didn't mind Ninja Ninja. Mm-hmm. He he was just a it, this time around. He was just a fucking drain on my sanity. Um, he taught. I, I get I get why he's there, and we'll talk I, as we progress. We'll talk about what you know who he actually is. But I couldn't stand him. I, I it was about halfway through this episode when I was like, I just wish he wasn't here. See, Cody, he, 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 oh, dude, he took me out. He took me out of the immersion. I was ready, and he was just, just fucking full. He was full on Samuel L. Jackson, which is fine. Like, I mean, I think, I think the only person who could make that character tolerable is Samuel L. Jackson. That's fair, I guess. But uh, but fuck, <laughs> man, I couldn't. I just like every time he would start talking, I would cut the volume down. Yeah, he does talk a lot during the fights, which is kind of annoying. Um, but he he kind of adds the comic relief and. Uh, sure. Oh, he and and to be yeah. fair, the show needs it. It is it is all gas. It is all business. <laughs> yeah, he he has his good moments, and he does have some bad moments, which I'll get to those. It's actually in a later episode where he he does come off as kind of annoying. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll get to that. At this point, though, I I like him. Um. But basically, they're on the road, and uh, they notice that somebody's following. He he notices that somebody's following him, 
And yep, somebody with a with a it's like a backpack, and he's got one of the little uh, one of those. I don't want, I don't know what kind of I don't know what those hats are called. The little triangle hats. I always called them Raiden hats because that's, yeah, that's what, what he wears in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I think his name's Shosen. He basically says that he's a, a weapons master from the West. Um, yep. And he's got like a crossbow, and basically mm-hmm. Ninja. He's like, hey, don't fight this guy. He's got a crossbow and grenades and shit. And uh, mm-hmm. but knowing Afro, he has to accept the challenge because he's the number two. Yep. Uh, well, and, and Afro's actually he's got his work cut. That's and that's one of the things I love about this. Not to not to cut you off again, mm-hmm. but like I love the fact that like a lot of these fights he's in, like they're not just immediately easy. Like he he has to very much think on his feet before, you know, he works his way in and gets the killing blow on everybody. And this was another one where I because he had to. I mean, he had to you know he had to do the five Ds. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean this guy has a, a crossbow that shoots like grenade launcher with a grenade launcher on the bottom essentially so yeah he's got his work cut out for him but uh him being our main character and obviously being like we'll see some more of his backstory of how he got trained and all that stuff but he makes pretty uh-huh. quick work to this guy yep. um but he does get grazed by a couple arrows yep which so, is important because he does he does end up defeating this guy mm-hmm. pretty, pretty much. handily yeah dives down puts a sword straight through his head and the guy's like oh you're in my sights now basically before he does that Mm-hmm. Or he's like, you're right in my aim, or something like that. He sta- mm-hmm. Afro stabs him, and he goes, my only aim is forward. Basically, just reiterating the fact that he's just going to get revenge nope. for his father. Everyone else is just a fucking, just a, a bump in the road at this point. Yeah, they're basically just stepping stones on his like path to the top, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And we get another flash of the number two guy. He's making another phone call. Yep. And then this, Boost Mobile, where you at? That's right. And then we, this is where we kind of flashed, uh, basically like what seems like an, an enemy hideout, essentially. Uh, yep. And we got more old bald people. I don't know if you were thinking this, Chris, but when I was watching it, I didn't realize these guys are basically they look like coneheads. Uh, they, no, dude, they definitely look like coneheads. They're there. They are there to consume mass quantities. <laughs> Just fucking, uh, I, I was just waiting for them to pull out a Subway sandwich and just fucking gomp, 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 gomp. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah but then we, we kind of see, like, I don't know. I think there's seven of them in total. Oh. Oh. It's also funny. They look like, um, my, my actually, now that um, I'm, I'm a little bit more detached from it, they remind me, as opposed to Coneheads, they look like the one uh, Jedi Master from Phantom Menace. You know what's what I'm talking about, right? I do. I don't know the name though. Uh, I believe uh, I know what I, I know his fucking name. Mundi Kiati Mundi. That's his name. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, but you know what's what I'm talking. about. He looks just fucking like them. So I don't know if that's just a, a uh, an animation choice, but but this was written maybe before. I, I want to say maybe this was done before Phantom Menace. So maybe maybe Samuel L. Jackson being in Phantom Menace maybe had a an influence on the costume design. I, you know, there, there's there's a lot of layers that could potentially be there. Maybe I'm grasping at straws. I don't know. I'm day drunk and I could think of anything, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but basically, we find out they're called the Empty Seven Clan. Yep. Uh, and you see, like, kind of like all these eyes light up, like these almost oh. seems like robotic soldiers or something. You can't really tell. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of flash through a couple more scenes. We get to a scene of a girl, uh, kind of like just in like a kimono with a cell phone. And then we flash, Who's mobile? We see, Where are you at? We see this little, like, tiny guy, and he's in, like, a robot, kind of like Buzz Lightyear-looking costume, and he's typing. Yeah! With his little fucking three. 
yeah, so we got all kinds of questions. Um, bas basically, it just flashes through like a scene of all, quote unquote, like what seems like the bad guys at this point. Yeah, yeah, th this kind of lets you know that, all right, well, these these are going to be who he's going to have to fight his way through to get to justice. But you don't know, like, are they all associated? Is is or Do they work for justice? Um, or are they, you know, and I mean, this gets answered later, but are like, you're like, okay, they, they must work for him or they're trying to get to him too, right? Right. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of just a mystery at this point. Um, well, because, th well, this is where we're introduced to the first, um, well, because after he kills the the weapon master, uh, we get we actually get to see one of these guys. Um, yeah, basically, he's a uh, ninja knows that Afro's walking kind of funny, basically, and he realizes uh -huh. that he's been grazed by one of that guy's arrows, and it turns out they were basically poison arrows. Poison. And uh, number six is who it is that cops down. Yep, big old fucking hoss. Yeah, and uh, he's basically like, hey, he's injured. I can try and capture him now. Mm -hmm. He hops down. He's got this big, like, box backpack on. Mm -hmm. And he pulls out a, basically a rocket launcher. A fucking RPG? Yeah. You got an RPG? Yeah. See, and this is where I was just like, all right, I fucking get it. I see it. It's an RPG. You don't need to say it nine times. <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah, this, this, is the, this is the moment. You've pinpointed the exact moment where Ninja Ninja got all my fucking nerves. Really? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, this, this is it. This is the moment. It's like, I, I see it. It's right there. Yeah, so uh, Afro, even though he's poisoned, basically, he still manages to, to chop the grenade in half that gets shot. Which was pretty badass. That's one of the things I love about this. Anytime there's, like, projectiles involved, they're really fucking good about just cutting these things clean in twain and watching them just split and just explode behind them. Pretty great. Yeah, and basically we see Afro, he falls. And we basically, the episode kind of just ends there uh, as he, yeah. he's falling, yeah, he... and we don't really know what's going to happen, basically. Uh, yeah, because he does not. He is not able to engage in combat with number six. Because and and then you kind of realize that while you're, and you're thinking, well, fuck. I mean, these guys are numbered. If this is number six, who what the fuck do the rest of these guys do? You know, at least that's where my mind goes. Whenever I see a group of villains that have numbers or they have like, you know, you see a big guy with rockets, you usually think he's just a big brute and probably suck. Because you'll learn very quickly in most movies and animes, big guys with big weapons suck. They're usually, they're usually one-dimensional as hell. Yeah, but I digress. Yeah, and this brings us uh, pretty much directly into episode two. Yep. Because he's actually found um, by a young lady. Yeah, and actually before that, Chris, even, we get a, we get like a flashback scene of Afro as a child. Yes. Yeah, this, actually, I'm, I'm glad you said that because this episode, most of this episode gives us, or bit. it starts to give us where... You know, we see pretty much what happened with Afro after after watching his pappy get killed by Justice. Yeah, he's basically running around. He's got his father's sword. He's got the number two headband. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also carrying his father's head, like his skull, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he's just running through the rain and gets attacked by this little group of assassins. Um, they kind of beat him up, and that's where they, they find the head of his dad in his bag. Mm -hmm. And uh, they steal the number two headband. Uh, and basically... Uh, they pretty much just whip the shit out of Afro, honestly. Uh, they don't take a sword, fortunately, and they give the uh, they give his dad's head back. But right as they give it back, he kind of like one of the thugs shoots like a spear, basically through his father's head into Afro, mm -hmm. and kind of launches Afro back. And he's, I mean, he's horribly injured. 
And I can't remember. Do they show him waking up in the uh, in the little uh, like the monastery temple area yet, or is that later? Yeah, this is where they flash back to the present, where, like you said, he's okay. found, he's found by the girl. Um, mm-hmm. Otsuru, I believe, is her name. Mm-hmm. Otsuru Okiku, I think, is one of the two, or maybe it's the same. Maybe she's both of those names. I don't remember. Yeah, it's Otsuru. Yeah. Yep. Um, and she pretty much nurses him back to health. Um, nurses him back to health, feeds him. Um, and again, it's more of the same with fucking Ninja Ninja. <laughs> okay, well, I will say in this episode, there was some comic relief when he was... Because uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. this is the titty. This is the episode where we get to see some titties, but <laughs> not quite yet. But, Af- but, you know, Ninja Ninja's giving Afro shit about, uh, you know, about, you know, waxing his Jimmy. Yeah, but before we get to that, we also... Uh, it kind of flashes... It's basically this whole episode is flashing back and forth between the past... And the yes. present. Um, so we get a flashback. Basically, she, it turns out, we see her as a young girl. And she's yep. actually the one that came across Afro as a boy after these uh, these thugs beat him up, basically. And Which is very fitting, because it, mem- it mirrors, you know, what's happening in the present time. Yeah, and we meet, uh, and she's carrying this teddy bear, which is pretty iconic. It'll it'll come up later in, in the future mm-hmm. episodes. Uh, and then we meet Gino, and it turns out they're basically, they have like a master, they're part of Essentially, it seems like a sword school or yep. uh, kind of like a training thing, basically. Yep, and and they're all orphans, aren't they? If I'm not mistaken, I believe so. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but basically, Gino calls for their master, um, and they kind of nurse him back to health. So it's kind of like basically just showing two two instances where Afro's injured once when he was younger after carrying around his father's head and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And these are the people that essentially like nursed him back to health. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, from well, that point, they also started training him. Yep, yeah, I was gonna say, and you you kind of have these moments where you know Afro is very abrasive as a kid. Like he doesn't really he I don't know. It's just like he doesn't know how to fit in. Um, I mean, he's he's clearly seen some shit. You know, he's and in the back of his mind, he he has one objective, but it's like he. He's in an, and, and this kind of comes into play later. Like these people are like, they're treating him as family. It's like, you know, you're here with us, you know, you know, you've got food, you've got shelter, you can train with us, you know, like, you know, and, and people are like, and, and no one's really, I don't want to say, I don't, I'm trying to remember, but I don't think anybody's really abrasive towards him. They, he, he looks different from everybody. So I know some people, there's kind of murmurings about that, but no one's ever like mean to him. Yeah, for the most part, they treat him as just one of their own. Um, yeah, yeah, he's very much family to them. And while he's recovering, he's kind of we're flashing back and forth, basically just seeing him like training, like doing some basic like hacking at the ground, um, mm-hmm. just some real basic stuff. Him eating like fish for the first time, like with this new yep. family that he has, essentially. Yep. Which mirrors what he's eating in the present day with um with um Otsuru. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's basically like it's basically just. I don't know. It's I don't know what the word is for it, but it's the same scene happening when he's older and when he's younger. Well, essentially. Yeah, just kind of a just a mirror, just a mirror image kind of happening, for lack of a better way to put it. But um, is this where things start going off the rails? And you see like there's some like there's people like spying on him. You see other robots that are like these kind of robot type people that are like, you know, he's here. They're like watching what he's doing. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we get we get the lines with Ninja Ninja where he shows up and he's basically like, "Oh, I gotta find me a girl, and then we can have a swinging yep. party." Yeah, it's like, "Oh yeah, we can do an orgy together. It'll be great." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing?" 
Yeah, and then we kind of we flash. We see uh, some more scenes of Afro and like the other kids of the in the training. Basically, uh, they're like catching fish for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, in this episode, isn't this where we see him kind of go off on his own for the first time and kill somebody? Is that in this episode yeah. where? Yeah, he, okay, it, we go to a flashback and you kind of see these guys. They're walking by and. And this is younger Afro. Um, uh-huh. And they're talking about the number two, kind of. Uh-huh. And so Afro kind of sneaks out. And uh, he basically sneaks into this building. Basically, it's a, a dude and a girl getting it on. Yeah. Here comes young Afro with a sword to his throat, basically asking where the number two is. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, what the fuck are you doing, kid? Yeah. And he, and I mean, Afro instantly, like, stabs him through the throat. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And he just, just lets him have it. Yeah. And this guy pulls out a gun. With the blade in his throat, he's trying to shoot Afro. Afro, uh-huh. like, slits his throat all the way across. And uh, he kind of gives Afro some advice uh, before, yeah. he, before he walks away. He's basically like, hey, like, finish your kill, essentially. Uh-huh. And then the dude actually shoots himself in the head. Yep. Which is important because, like, you start seeing a lot of this with young Afro. Because clearly his master does not take lightly to this what he's going to do you know seeking revenge you know how it you know i think this is where you first start seeing the uh like him talking about revenge consuming you Mm -hmm. yeah and this is where you see the like robotic the kind of like splinter cell like you said the guys are spying on him Mm -hmm. um so you notice that they still have an they know exactly where he's at basically yep because then you also find out too i mean this is the same girl which you see in episode um episode one that you know, she's in cahoots with these people. You know, she's the one they got on speed dial on the fucking Motorola Razor. You know, because um, because is, is this before or after they fu- he fucking claps them cheeks? Uh, this is still before. Yeah, this is still before. Okay, we're still we're still we're still po- yeah, we're still uh, pre cheek clappage. Yeah, he, he basically says that he won't pay her uh, for her services. Then we get a flashback of like the first time he has lemonade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yeah, the the swamp water is what they call it. Because, like, a... the other kids won't drink it, but he's just like, glug, 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 glug. Yeah, and then we get another flashback. It's kind of like Afro getting attacked by another group of thugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes them out with the help of Gino and, like, Sasuke yep. and some of the other kids uh, from the yep. school. Um, Who the master also doesn't take lightly of. Yeah, it's basically, the whole episode is just constant switching back and forth between mm-hmm. the current times and the old times. Yep. Uh, and this is where we see Otsuru. It flashes back to regular time. She's at this waterfall, and she's on a phone call. Uh-huh. And Afro kind of comes up and looks at her, like, from the side eye, basically. And uh, this, this Chris, is where you get to see the titties. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, Titty boobies. Sweet. Yeah, she also goes by Okiku, because this is where we see uh, one of the mm-hmm. brothers of the Empty Seven Clan. He's he, That's who she's talking to. Mm-hmm. So I think she's talking to number two. Is she only talking to number one or number two? Yeah, she's talking to number one. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, Afro wants to leave. She's She basically says, hey, will you stay and watch the fireworks for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so he stays, sticks around. And fireworks, they do a happen. Because <laughs> he, uh, he fucking, you know, I'm telling you, man, he... <laughs> He crushes that pussy like like <laughs> David Hasselhoff, sir. That's exactly what happens from here on out. Because she like while, while they're doing the do, like she like 
she like thinks about killing him, but then he just fucking he he just he hits it right, and she's like, nah. Yeah, she pulls out like this hairpin with like a blade in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, he's... after 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 he splits that. Yeah. Then we uh, we see like she's I don't know if she's like sending stats through her phone. She has like a like yes. A, she has like a memory card type thing. She takes it out of her phone and then she stabs her own phone with the hairpin. Yep. Yeah. They're they're like sending. Um, and maybe this is jumping the gun a little bit, but they're ultimately sending his vital data back to the empty seven, back to that 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 little com compound headquarters, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, pretty much any of his com- like essentially combat data or any kind of data is getting sent back to them. Yeah, which Afro- we'll see why. Yeah, and Afro sees her doing this, um, and she's basically like. She's not gonna. She basically tells him that she should be loyal, basically, to him, and she won't do this anymore. Um, yeah. We got these assassins. They basically jump in. Yeah, because like he's saying something to her, and like he, you think he's gonna do something, but then he like stabs right through the wall. Yeah, right through the wall behind him and kills one of them. That's my dog. That's my dog barking. Oh, okay. <laughs> he don't like assassins either. But like, but like, yeah, like you you see him like stab like he's mad. They're having this conversation. Like he's clearly pissed. But then, like, he turns around, like, stabs through the wall, and you see, like, the hand of, like, an assassin, like, like, clushing his fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when you realize, like, oh, shit, well, all right, well, they're clearly, they've clearly started to make their move, because it's almost, like, right after this, that she gets fucking run through by one of the, by one of the, one of the big guys, like, by, like, number two or number three, she gets run through. Yeah, basically... Afro's distracted by fighting off the assassins that kind of stormed the house, and she pulls out her hairpin. She's she's trying to fight too, and then uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's number two. He stabs through the roof into her. Yeah, calls her a filthy hooer. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, basically the house gets set ablaze. Afro kind of carries her body out, and then we see him kind of like an iconic scene of him like walking through the fire, and then uh, Ninja Ninja he actually grabs the pen from her and kind of just. Sticks it right in Afro's Afro, and they basically go on their way. And that's the mm-hmm. end of episode two. Yeah, so this brings us to episode three. Yep. And uh, this one actually starts off with another flashback. We kind of see Afro as a kid with his master again. Um, basically saying that his, his eyes give him away. Um, that he needs to become more unpredictable. Uh, basically, that the enemies, they can read him way too easily. Uh, which is kind of like mm-hmm. a little bit of, of foreshadowing. Um, for later on in the episode. And then we kind of flash back to present times. We got Afro and Ninja, and they're uh, riding in a boat. And they're basically just on the path. Basically, with T-Pain or without T-Pain? Uh, I don't know. They are without, they are without T-Pain, I think, I think unfortunately. They are without, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, they're still on the path to get to the top of Mount Shumi, um, get to the mm-hmm. number one headband. So they're basically kind of bantering back and forth, and while this is happening... We kind of get that Splinter Cell night vision goggles again. Of another member. Yeah, because this is... No, no, please, go ahead. It's another member of the Empty Seven, basically, is uh, keeping track, and he calls number one. And Afro's basically on his way there. Uh, yeah. So we kind of flash forward to, like, the leader, and he's kind of like, brothers, the Afro Samurai. Brothers. Yeah, he kind of gives this whole, like, big speech. Uh, and he's basically like, hey, we're going to... We had a weapon that we were originally going to use to get the number one headband. Mm. Well, and this, and this is where you learn that they're clearly 
like you just said, they're trying to get the number one headband, which again, I don't understand why an organization is after a thing that only an individual can hold, but I digress. Yeah, basically, they reveal their super weapon uh, is basically like a robotic clone of Afro himself, which is... Fucking Afro droid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bebop, bebop, boop. Which we realize Otsuru had actually been sending, like, the data. And, like, that's what they've, they've... The reason they've been recording him and, like, watching him. Basically just trying to, like, make an exact replica of him. Yep. But there there is a thing where... The, the the group, the main, like you see there's clearly like a council, like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and six. Like they're clearly at odds here because I want to say number one is like, yeah, I want the robot to do it. But then like the other guys are like, well, why don't we see what these other guys can do? We have this whole fucking group of people. Let's see. Let's see who can do it. And then they decide to have a battle royale. Yeah, but yeah, they're going back and forth because they had actually hired two of like the world's best assassins. Yeah, like the the Russian guy and then the uh, the guy from China. Yeah, and uh, basically, they're, they're, like you said, they say, "Hey, let's have a battle royale," and we're not talking about like Fortnite or anything like that, guys. We're yeah, we're not talking. There's not a Royal Rumble. It is not over the top <laughs> rope. Both feet touch the floor. It is to the death. Yeah, and basically, uh. This starts and it doesn't last very long, Chris. Oh, it does not. It does not. A fucking Avro droid just <laughs> fucking, just fucking yeah, just, Domo Origato. Yeah, we basically just see limbs and blood everywhere. Um, oh, he just dumpsters. He just straight dumpsters everybody. Yeah, so basically he's earned the right to uh, to take on Afro. Mm-hmm. And then we flash back to Afro and Ninja and they're kind of, they're just, there's some more banter back and forth. Um Ninja's basically, like, always saying to Afro, hey, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like, he's always worried, and Afro's uh-huh. kind of the one just kind of setting the pace, really. Yeah. So they come across this bridge, and uh, as they're crossing it, we see it's basically, like, Afro droid. As the viewer, we know that, but Afro's... Afro droid. Yeah, so they come face to face, and uh, this is where their battle begins. And this is the time where I think Ninja Ninja gets pretty annoying. Because, man, yeah. he talks through this. He doesn't shut the fuck fight. up at all. But I, I think this is actually a really good fight. Because, I mean, I mean, clearly, they're, they're mirror images of each other. There's a... Like, Afro doesn't know what to do. Because, I mean, this guy knows all of his moves. You know, he know he's, he's got all his tricks, all his tips. He knows the Contra code. He knows the blood code for Mortal Kombat. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, and this is kind of like a... This actually happens in a lot of animes where there'll be some way that the characters or character gets cloned and they yep. kind of have to defeat themselves. You'll see it a lot, um, especially like, yeah, like I know in Naruto, it happens a few times and then like just several other animes. We'll see this well, up again. And I love the deeper meaning behind it, too, right? Because you see you're still getting the flashbacks of their master, you know, just talking about revenge. You know, you need to be bigger than this. You need to be better than this. You get a lot of those flashbacks, and they're kind of intermittent. Like, because now that we've had the the long like backstory, the, these flashbacks just kind of pop up from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it does make sense that there's a, a battle here where he's essentially got to beat himself. Yeah, and we kind of remember the foreshadowing at the beginning of this episode, like you said, where his master is basically like, "Hey, you got to pre- become unpredictable." Mm-hmm. And now he's fighting a version of himself. Yep. And that's basically exactly what he does. He uh, he hits a sweet front flip, basically, uh, over the Afro droid. Oh, sick flip. He nailed it. Yeah, and basically 
cuts him in half, or at least down down through the head, and uh, uh-huh. basically drops him. And we see like the the brothers of the Empty Seven Clan, they're kind of freaking out. Uh huh. Um, but earlier they also said that he's he's got something special on the inside, like the Afro Droid. Yep, Afro Droid. Well, it turns out he's basically got like C four, basically like a bomb inside of him. Oh yeah. So we see Ninja Ninja. He gets launched. Afro Droid falls and destroys the bridge, and Afro basically sprints to the finish, like sprints to the end of of the bridge. Uh-huh. And this is basically where he uh he goes into like the, the empty clan or empty seven clans, like they're. Yep. They're, and I can't remember if here does he does he fight Afro Droid more? Or does he start fighting the clan the, the the clan members? Not yet. As far as we know here, Afro Droid's dead. Okay, he so he, he pops into a room where, like, number three, my man with the fucking Beats headphones is just, just like, like, wigging the fuck out. Like, <laughs> he, like, like this is, he's, like, autistic or, you know. I don't know what he is. He, like, basically, he doesn't even fight ever. He just kind of, like, offers some tea. Yeah, and then just lets him fucking roll right by him. So, like, this guy's clearly not a fighter. Like, this guy's definitely more of, like, a think tank and... Yeah, and I don't mean anything by the by the autism crack, but there's very much a, a spectrum with this particular guy because I don't I don't think this guy dies. No, I don't like, think. We'll, he, I don't think like, he does either. Because yeah, like he doesn't fight. He just literally like it's almost like what he's doing is more like honorable and like ceremonial. Like here, this is you know to get started with the fight. But we don't know if that tea could have been poison or something because Afro doesn't take it. He just walks right the fuck by him. Mm-hmm. And he enters the next room, and there's number six again. Who was the same yep. guy with the rocket launcher before? He's got the. Back you mean a motherfucking RPG? You mean an RPG? Yeah, and an I RPG. Mean, you got an RPG? Cody, you got an RPG? I do not. Unfortunately, it's an RPG. Cody, it's an. You see where I'm coming? I just fucking ninja ninja man. You just hate him, man. I don't. I don't get it. I love him. Um, but anyhow, mm-hmm. Afro makes quick work of number six. He like dude beats the shit out of him. Hits like a quick jump move off the ceiling, cuts him right down the center. And then and fucking two homies. Yeah, he's like, I leave the rest to you, my brothers. And this time he doesn't have an RPG in his backpack. He's got two of the little old guys. I think it's four and two or something like that, or five and two. I know it's four and... Maybe five. it's four and five. I think it's four and five is what it is. Yes, yes it is. Uh, Yeah, and they basically disarm Afro to where he doesn't have a sword. And he uses like a sheath, basically. Hits one. And then he like hits the other, and they both land on top of each other. He takes mm-hmm. the one sword, and basically you get this sweet scene of <laughs> those two like landed on top of each other, and he just stabs the sword right through both. Fucking scared, skewered. And then, without even like missing a beat, he's just on his way back through. They kind of mm-hmm. walk through the scene where the battle royale take pl- took place. So there's just bodies and blood. Everywhere. Oh yeah. Uh, and and, it, and this is where you kind of see one another one of the old dudes is uh he's got the splinter cell goggles on again mm-hmm. and he's kind of just hiding basically behind like uh just like a bunch of the dead bodies that had been there from the battle royale. Mm-hmm. And is this where is this where Afro Droid comes back or does he kill another one first? He he does kill this brother. He kind of like shoves the splinter cell goggles basically into his. That's head. right. Um. So he's making quick work of the Empty Seven Clan. Uh, and this is where, like the Terminator, basically, Afro Droid comes back. Uh, he's basically like, he's got like the half Afro Samurai face, the half robot face. We really get to mm-hmm. see like what he looks like on the inside as well. Yeah, he, he's just a straight up, he is just a straight up like Terminator style robot. 
Yeah, and he like shoots his arm. This is where he shoots his. I think he like. Shoots oh, he's got like the fucking like the fist like <laughs> just shoots him off of his wrist and like. And I want to say like doesn't one of them have no? They don't. He doesn't have the sword in any of them anymore. He just shoots him like off no, of he's, his he's body. He's got the sword in one, and then okay. the other one's just the fist. But he actually hits Afro, mm-hmm. and hurts him pretty pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. And then this fight basically just continues to ensue. He starts to shoot out like you see him kind of charging up like this laser attack from like the top of his forehead. There's like a oh the fucking down. the fucking mega the mega smasher. Like here's the thing, man. And I definitely want to cover this one eventually. I just got to find to watch it again. Um, it reminds me, I don't know if you've ever watched the anime Giver. I have not. There's a, a movie has called the Mega Smasher where it's like this crazy, like he opens up his chest and has like this cannon that just like charges up. And when it fires, it just lays waste to everything in its path, like melts the fucking planet. Um, and that's what it reminds me of. And like, there's, it's a race against the clock to figure out what to fucking do because this guy's about to like self destruct, shoot a beam off something. Yeah, so Afro basically deflects it back at him. He kind of like ends up cutting his own arm off, the Afro droid's arm off. Yep. And uh, he actually hits the uh, the spot where the beam's shooting out. Well, of mm-hmm. course, this thing being like the Terminator, of course, it's got like a like a rocket launcher type thing in its mouth. Oh yeah. So oh, look, they like go flying up to the fucking like sky and shit first, yeah, like yeah. during this fight. Well, yeah, no, this is all before that. He shoots. So okay. now he's shooting this thing at him, and then this is when Afro kind of like runs around him and hops on his back, and he kind of like you see it from the robot's angle mm-hmm. that Afro's basically just taking the butt of his sword and just beating this thing on the head. Mm-hmm. And then of course he's got a rock like uh, like a jetpack on his feet basically. So he goes, they both go flying up in the air, and they're having like this intense sky battle. Basically, long story short, Afro ends up landing, like, the final blow, and they're falling basically from, I don't even know how many feet up. But he oh, kinda... I mean, they're beyond, the, they're, they're in the stratosphere. On a scale of one to Dusty Roads, they are in the stratosphere. Yeah, and they kind of, he uses, like, the Afro droids, like, propeller, like, the rocket propeller, basically, to kind of brace the fall. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then... And even then, this thing's not dead, and this is where he pulls out, like, his final cannon thing like you said i don't remember what the name was that you said but he pulls the omega smasher yeah he shoots this thing out of his chest and you can see it it's like charging up um but then like right before it's about to go off you see a sword basically fall from the ceiling and it like knocks it up yeah it goes right through afro droid points the beam to the sky and it just shoots the beam up there um, but yeah, it, you see, just like shoot up to the sky and then just start to dissipate. So disaster averted. Yeah, he's finally defeated this guy, basically um, this clone of himself. Yeah, cause, well, because like, and then at that point, you see after it fires off, like the eyes, like the it flickers out and pretty much just powers off. So it's done. Yeah, yeah, he's he's defeated the Terminator, basically. Um, and then you see kind of like an elevator, and him and Ninja they hop in. And they're basically riding this thing to the top, basically, because they're on Mount Shumi now. They're just trying yeah, to... Yeah, they're, they're at, like, the, the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're at the base of the mountain, and that's where... Which is odd. It's weird that that's where their headquarters is. Awfully convenient, if you ask me. Well, I, I think they might have set it up there just because they know that's where Afro's on his way well, to. Well, actually, yes, you're absolutely right, because it gets referenced in the next episode, which we're actually coming up to. Um, yeah, we also have... We have one more brother, basically, and he's Number on, one. He's on top of the elevator, actually. Um... Kind of like shooting into the elevator. Mm-hmm. 
And we don't really get to see a whole lot of what happens here. It's basically just implied. Because when they get to the oh, top, yeah. the door's open and this guy's just a bloody mess. And oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of just tossed to the side. Yeah, it and doesn't then, even do him the justice of an on-screen death. Yeah, and then they basically come up and now they're faced by another person. And we see that teddy bear that we had seen earlier that uh, Otsuru, as a child, she was holding is now kind of like a, like a headgear for another samurai. Yep, and that's where and that's where the episode ends, right? And it picks up pretty much in episode four. And there's there's some Darth Darth Vader style breathing going on mm -hmm. um, with this guy. Um, and then this guy's not just there, you know. It's not coincidence. Well, I, I mean, it's not coincidence. He's, he's, there's there's a reason he's there, and we'll talk about that. Well, because we're in episode four, Cody. We're in episode four, um, called Duel. Yeah. Um, and he kind of says like. Is it before the episode three ends, he like says like long time no see Afro, and then like yep. you said, we got we dive into episode four duel. And this uh, is this is actually believe it or not, this is my favorite episode of the series because this is where like the flashbacks kind of come to a head and bring us right to where we are. Like every, everything just comes full circle, and now we know where we're at. Um, so you actually. I'm trying to think like when the episode starts, like the first time you're watching it, you 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 think you know who this person is. You're like, is that like one of the kids? Like you. Yeah. you start, and, and here's the thing. I remember I remember distinctly thinking that like, is this one of the kids uh, from when when you know from the orphanage or from the school? Um, but I was like, which one? Mm -hmm. But yeah, then like, like you put like, the teddy know, bear and yeah, like you recognize the teddy bear that she was holding, um, but like she mm -hmm. didn't have the teddy bear or anything, and we haven't heard basically. Mm -hmm. We don't have the connecting scene of where, like, the young life ended and, like, this life began. Mm -hmm. We just kind of get flashbacks here and there. Um, but basically, this teddy bear character, he's he starts attacking Afro. Uh, and Afro, he's basically just running. He's not, he's acting different. Yeah. He, he's not, Usually, he would, he would just start, whip out a sword and start fighting him. Yeah, um, clearly, clearly the minute he opened his mouth, Afro knew exactly who this guy was. Like immediately, and that's clear. That is very, very clear. Because honestly, if I'm not mistaken, Cody, a lot of this episode is it's it's those two scrapping, and then it's just mostly flashback. And this is the flashback scenes are absolutely fucking great in this episode. Yeah, <clears throat> we basically go back. Um, like you said, they're fighting, and then we get a flashback. Uh, Basically, another scene. They're kind of a little bit more grown. They're kind of like I would say, like preteens, maybe teenagers. Because, of course, Afro already has like the the sideburn, like lamb. Oh, chops. he's got the, the fucking mutton chops. Yeah, the mutton chops. Like a Civil War colonel. And it basically shows him, Gino, Sasuke, all the, all the guys, all the kids from the school. They're yeah, they're all a little more grown. Talk about chicken cutlets and food and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and then uh, we kind of see some more scenes with like Gino. And Otsuru, as a kid, she's asking him, like, why do you use two swords? And he's like, well, because i got to protect the clan. Yep, and when, it, when it's actually kind of and it's actually kind of cool. Like, that's, to me, and this goes back from, like, when I was younger, um, when I played games like Samurai Showdown. Like, I always liked the samurai that had the two swords, like the Jubei style, where it's like they, they, they don't hit the hardest, but they've got offense and defense pretty much at all times. Like, I've always liked that two-sword style. And they, and they talk about this as opposed to, you know, someone with 
a double grip on one sword swinging more fiercely. Like this is, I can attack and defend, or I can, you know, while I'm defending, I can counter strike. Like there's a lot of that. And Gino talks, so, you know, and Gino talks a lot about that when that comes into play later on in the flashback. Mm-hmm. Cause they go, I want to say like right after that, we have another instance of Afro leaving the school, looking for answers. Yeah. We have him look, kinda- kind of come across another group of like little thugs or assassins trying to get the yep. number two headband. Um, yep. And these guys, I, th- I feel like they know more, like they know more, like they know where the number two is. It's not just a, like a, like may- maybe in, in the flashbacks I, or I feel like the flashbacks are kind of following the same path. Like the first thug, he, he, you know, every battle that Afro does gets him closer to finding out where the number two is. Um, yeah, basically, these guys, they've heard rumors that the number two is somewhere around. Yep, and they actually they actually mentioned when he, because um, what's really cool in this fight scene is Afro goes to town, but like Gino and like Sasuke and stuff, <clears throat> like they get involved in this scrap too, and like Gino starts taking lives at this point. Yeah, because before we'd only see Gino and he had the, like the wooden. The wooden, like, yeah. Wooden swords. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, he, he shows up and uh, they make quick work of these guys, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Afro basically is like, hey, tell me where the number two is. And the thug, he basically just says, number two is quite near. And then yep. before he falls. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, it kind of flashes back to um, G. Uh, well, you're, you're, you're learning at this point that this fucking guy with the, especially because you see right off the bat. And here's the thing. They, they don't they don't have to spell it out for you. If you notice that this guy with the panda head or the, the bear head has two swords. And after hearing Gino talk about two swords, you immediately start thinking, oh, shit, is that Gino? Mm-hmm. Like, and even the first time I watched it, it was my first thought. I was like, oh, shit, that's Gino. How the fuck did he get here? What happened? Um, as almost it's almost if everybody asked that question at the same time, because they kind of take us. Now, this is the path we go down. Yeah, then we get a scene where basically Afro and Gino, they go they, to like the lemonade lady. Um, huh? And Gino's kind of like, hey. Forget about avenging your father. I care about you. Otsuru cares about you. The clan cares about you. And, like, we need you. Like, basically, like, don't do it. Like, it's not worth it. Yep. Uh, and then we kind of flash. We see another scene of them, like, them as kids. Well, it's, they're the same age in this flashback. Um, but we kind of see where Otsuru, like, gets her love for, like, the fireworks mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's kind of like a like a feel-good little scene. Um and then basically, and isn't, the, isn't this where they also like get their weapons, or is that no, that was before they fought all the thugs, where they have like this almost like graduation style moment with their master? No, no, we're not we're not quite there yet, but we're on, we're on our way. Uh, basically, uh, they're. I love being on my way, Cody. No, you're good. <laughs> they're uh, they're delivering some goods, and uh, the guy they're delivering these goods to, he basically says, "Hey, I've heard that some sword." dojo master is the owner of the number two headband and that his students basically have been brainwashed to be watchdogs and gino's kind of like there's no way our sword master would do that (laughs) but afro's like but afro's like like say what he kind of is not even moving not saying anything he's like yep maybe this is true so then it kind of flashes to where they're asleep uh you see the master kind of walking by and gino he opens the door where like all the kids are essentially and he's like, hey, Master, I smell blood. Hmm. Turns out you master, don't say. Yeah, the Master's like, hey, I was attacked, but his life was lost instead. And Afro's kind of just sitting there like, could, gotcha. he, could he really be? 
Yep. Because that's right. Because at the little graduation scene, he just fucking straight up asks him. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you have it? Is it true? Are you the number two? And he's just like, meet me under this tree at, at, at sundown. And it was just like, oh, fuck. The, this whole time, this whole time, you have like that Miss Doubtfire moment. This whole time, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, and so Afro is obviously he's shocked to see find out like his master this whole time mm-hmm. has now been holding the head, man. Which wow. and, which also kind of hits harder because like this whole time he's like, <laughs> you ever seen uh, Walk Hard? The Dewey when the guy, when the right. yeah, 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 of course. Clearly, you have when he, the guy's like, "You don't want no pots of this shit, do we?" Like, <laughs> it's just kind of funny that after this whole time, where the master's like, "You don't want no parts of this," you don't. It's called revenge. You don't want none. And like the whole time, like he's telling him that, and it's just like he's had the number two headband. It's been right on the best place to hide a tree is in the forest, and it's been right there the whole time. Yeah, and as soon as he puts this headband on, they're kind of all standing at this tree, and then. A huge group of assassins basically shows up because they're all after the, everybody's after the number two to try and challenge the number one essentially. Yep, and it's funny because like they're having like and he's he's like asking Afro, like, "Are you sure this is what you want to do?" Because like when you pick up your sword, you know this is it. Mm-hmm. And when they start the duel, that's like you said, everybody shows up, and he like looks at Afro. He's like, "This is this is what this life is. This this is what happens when you chew when you go down this path." And so the master just fucking puts his puts his fucking nose guard and his dragon floaties on and just dives right in and just starts laying waste to these motherfuckers. Yeah, and, and Sasuke and I think Jiro is his name, mm-hmm. uh, and then Gino, obviously they all, they're all getting involved helping the master. And Afro's kind of mm-hmm. just standing there for a, a, a moment. Um, he eventually joins in the fight too, basically mm-hmm. to fight off all these thugs. Um, but it's so weird, right? Because like it's almost like kind of too late at this point. Because like. Gino, like, Gino's like the first one to start, like, because he has a really great scene where he's fighting with against like three thugs, and like one of them like kills the other, or is that no? That's, is that Afro where the guy like stabs the guy in the head with his uh? Because I feel like Gino's the one that had, I, I I'm trying to remember like he had the big like fight scene with like the three guys, and I ended up taking one of them out, then like killing the other one. The other guy like stabbed the other one and couldn't get it pulled away. Yeah, I think that's coming up. Yeah, because we see like, okay. Sas- Sasuke gets stabbed. Yeah, Gino gets slashed in the back, and this is where he realizes Otsuru is down on the ground. Yeah, like the reality of what's happening, like really, really sinks in. And I mean, Gino's and none of getting... this would have happened if Afro hadn't like called out the master for this headband. Right, and this is where the three guys—they, two of them stab Gino in the back, one of them slashes him across the front. This is where Afro yep. he comes in, he takes care of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Gino is basically on his on his last breath, essentially. Oh yeah, he he, he gets fucked up. So yeah, it was Afro that dealt with the three like. Guys, I was like, you killed my... Yeah, and then Afro looks over to the master. He's It's basically, they're the last ones standing, essentially. Yep. And, uh, and the master pretty much gives up the ghost here on this. Like, he, he has his sword up, and Afro charges him, and you see the master just, like, close his eyes. Yeah, he doesn't really put up much of a fight, because he, I mean... he I think he just realizes at this point, th- this has happened... Everything that he's trying, and and it, it, there's some weight to this, right? Like, because it, it's it feels like everything he was trying to do, everything he was trying to protect Afro from, like a better life, like all of that is gone. Like that's all out the window. All the students are dead. It's just like, well, this is what you wanted. Come and get it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, 
Gino basically somehow managed to get to his feet after being slashed a million times, it seems like. Yep. And we have a like, very Obi-Wan, Anakin kind of I hate you moment here. He's like, why did you kill our master? He basically like hops off the cliff behind him, and he catches on, and Afro tries to reach out and like pull him back up. And Gino's basically like... He says, I'll never forgive you. Yeah, and this is actually where we first meet Ninja Ninja. He kind of hops yep. in. Which I think this is where you realize, if you hadn't done so already, that Ninja Ninja is just pretty much a figment of this guy's imagination. Because like while this is going on, there's constant flash forwards to them fighting. Because I want to say either before this or right after this, Ninja Ninja pretty much right, right dies. After, right after, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then we then we kind of flash forward to like the teddy bear with the two swords. And that he's kind of like saying like, oh, you know how long I've waited to avenge those, the deaths, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, like you, if you haven't realized by now that this is Gino, like, no, oh, you fucking, you, you fucking know now, yeah, which is cool. I actually, I'm really, really, because, um, is it this episode? Or, no, it is at the end of this episode, but it's not quite yet. Yeah, but go basically, ahead. Basically, the teddy bear, uh, like the mask, it kind of like pops open and falls off, and then we see like. Gino's current form is kind of like, basically, like you said, it has the Darth Vader breathing. Like he's like, well, he even has like the the bald head and like the the semi like cyborg, and he's got like a constant tear flowing from yeah, his eyes. He's like, I've never stopped crying. My tears have never stopped falling since that day. Which I think is is it at this point where it like it goes to a flash forward or or flash back a little bit further in time where. The the empty seven or the fucking dude with the little the Modoc looking guy with the little three finger thing like they find Gino's body. Uh, yeah, not. I can't if that's this okay. one. They, they basically come to a clash. You see Afro mm-hmm. and you see Gino and they're running at each other. Gino also yep. goes by Kuma. Yeah. So it, so it kind of because bear. Yeah, makes sense. It's weird, it's weird cause like Gino and Otsuru both go by like two different names. Um, but basically you mm-hmm. see Gino and Afro. They run at each other. And you just see and, blood. And then we yep. get right into episode five. We see the blood is actually coming out of Ninja Ninja. He's kind of like stepped in between the two. Yep. Which is... Okay. This is where like... Like it kind of, this is where, like you said earlier a little bit, um, it kind of comes to fruition that Ninja Ninja isn't actually like a real person it's just like kind of like a figment of Afro's imagination it's it's like a coping mechanism it's like how he deals with all the bullshit that happened because ninja ninja first shows up after all the anybody like because afro i mean he he felt like a family here and after all that is gone like now he has nobody um and i feel like ninja ninja is just a figment of his imagination uh, where he, he is he is i'm sorry but like he it was almost like a coping mechanism right a very, a very, a very Fight Club Tyler Dur, uh, Dur, uh, Durden, I, I haven't seen Fight Club in years Club, either. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that in years. But like that style of like, like mechanism. But my my biggest thing here is like, how does an imaginary friend fucking step in front of somebody killing you? I think it's just something that Afro's kind of seeing in his head, honestly. Um, That's fair. Okay, because like, because like, I had some like, I had some issues with that. I I, I took very much. I was like. It, it seems like this imaginary friend is doing some very real fucking things. So it's like, okay. I think it just has to everything, like everything come in full circle with him and Gino. I feel like, I don't know. It's kind of like Afro coming to his wits, really. Like, I don't know. It seems like he's got like a split personality sort of with Ninja. Sure. Where like, he's just focused on revenge and Ninja's kind of like the one that's like 
it's like another version of him that's like doubting him at some points and like cheering him on at other points. Yep, almost just like just some suppressed parts of his, you know, personality. Uh, but basically, Ninja's like, hey, you don't listen to people, yada, yada, yada. I've been your road dog, all this stuff. He's basically like, you're on your own from here. He's basically like, this is goodbye. And he says like something along the lines of like, it's been fun hanging out with you. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, I don't know. It feels like this is like a moment where Afro kind of like grows a little bit. Um, sure. Because it seems like he's all one person, essentially. I mean, literally, he is. Um, well, it also helps that he's, like, right fucking there, too. Like, mm-hmm. he's he is he has reached the promised land. Because I think right after this point, he gets a good shot in on Gino and, like, takes him out. Like, it's it's, it's over. Yeah, they basically, they, they fight a little bit more. They clash a couple times. And he and he get he gets the best of them because like it, 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 you see just Gino just like laying in the ground. Now I do have a gripe because again we go back to this flashback flash forward. Yeah, this sorry, is where, this flash is where you, back. This is where you see that guy like you were saying, the dude with the little like needle fingers typing away. Yeah, he's got like all these monitors around him. Um, but go ahead, like you were saying. And, and I say he pretty much this is where it goes to the flashback where Gino's washed up on um and they find him and they he I mean he is. Very much, again, a very much Anakin Skywalker type thing um, where he is beaten. He's, you know, he's left for dead and they pretty much rebuild him, make him stronger. Six million dollar man style. But um, and we also see like they have Otsuru, his little sister. So like, yep, you see why she's loyal to them. Yep. But what's also weird here, and this is where I don't like it, where like and this is just a stupid fucking movie thing in me where like when you see him when he he because he he goes back to all the areas he revisited because he doesn't know where he's at like he wakes up he's clearly been operated on he is a new person he goes back to like the monastery where he was you know where the family was and where the kids were and he starts to remember but like he's crying out of both eyes but, like, when you see him in the present time, he's only crying out of one eye. So that's, like, a small little, I don't know if that's, like, a plot hole or what, where, like, I don't know. That, there was I some think, inconsistency there. I think he might just be crying out of the one, um, but, like, his face has, like, a vein there. Mm-hmm. So it might look like that he's crying out of two. So I can see okay. what you're saying. But it is, like, a robotic, like, red eye. Yep. Uh, and then you see him, he kind of takes out, like, a group of thugs. He can still wield the two swords. Oh, dude, he fucking dumpsters them. Like, it, it's like one of those things where, like, they all approach him. Like, they're just, and they're just random-ass goons. And it's like he, it's like they they charge him. The next thing you know, like, it just flashes to them just all just in pieces on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, he is, Gino is very, very powerful at this point. Actually, you might be right. I think he does cry out of both eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's like, and I don't know. Like I, I didn't catch that when I was, you know, back when I watched it the first time. This, I was like, that bullshit. Yeah, That's no, bullshit. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. And then we, and this whole time while we're seeing the Gino, like after he's getting operated on, it's it's flashing back to him and Afro fighting, and then flashes back to like where now he's got the swords in front of him and he's got the teddy bear. Yep, they they give him his gear laid out, and they're like, "We need you to wait at the summit of Mount whatever it is." So clearly, he's been there this whole fucking time, just waiting, 
wait because like they like at this point like you, you kind of know at this point that afro is on his way there like he's not stopping the minute he got the number two headband he was not stopping until he got back to justice yeah and i think it's mount shumi and that's just as at the top that's where afro's dad died indeed so here we are we're in episode five now right we're there like we're coming down the home stretch yeah and then because uh, <clears throat> basically oh, no, land, go ahead, they're, sir. they're landing shots on each other we kind of we start seeing more flashbacks of like sasuke dying and like it, it almost uh-huh. seems like the little dude who's con- he almost seems like he's controlling uh gino or kumo however you want to uh-huh um but yeah, basically, he's like, kill me or die, there's no going back. And then they uh, kinda, they run up for their, their final clash. And Afro gets him. But Afro's, like, he's he's pretty beat up. Like, Gino like, put the work to him. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, he's, he's not going he's into taking, this fight with... Yeah, he's taking, like, a lot of shots. It's not like... Oh, yeah. It's almost like how when we were talking about Spike and Cowboy Bebop, like... By the time oh, yeah, he does not get to the top at full strength. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of how a lot of animes... Like it's it's almost like a little trope. Oh, it's a trope. It's definitely a trope. That's for sure. Um, but then, Chris, but, we we reach the top of Mount Shumi. Ah, uh, so great. So, and it's weird, right? Like when he gets to the top, he's there, and he gets into this like weird area, and it's it's very. I don't know. This area is very weird looking. Like it's almost like. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. It did in episode one. No, no, like like not at all. There's like it seems like there's blood all over the floor. Yeah, there's like heads it's very on spikes with like other headbands that we've never seen before. Yeah, it's a very strange place, and you see sitting on like this throne of rocks is Justice, but he looks very like weak and frail. Honestly, he, what he reminds me of, he an old. Me of, if you've ever seen Jeepers Creepers, yes, very yes. Thank you. I'm so glad you fucking said that. He looks just like the he fucking looks, dude from Jeepers Creepers. Like yes. exactly like him. It blow, like it's crazy. I don't know if that had the any. fucking hat, the fucking chin, the nose. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he basically says, "Hey, I've been waiting a long time." Mm-hmm. He's kind of like just, just I don't know, typical bad guy uh-huh. speech. Um, yeah, he's he, but like it's so weird because at this point, like before they start fighting, you see the blood coming, like you know, from the open wounds that Afro has, and it's like scooting across the floor and almost like revitalizing him. Because before they start fighting, he's like, like he gets back to like he stops looking so frail and he looks more like he did when he fought uh, Rokutaro. Mm-hmm. Um, he's back to like a normal looking, you know, and they somewhat normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because he's, he's very much, <laughs> yeah, he's very much a Jeepers Creepers kind of kind of fella. But like, for some somehow the blood that was coming out of Afro from his wounds like revitalized him, and then they start scrapping. But like Afro, the fight very much is like how it was with his dad. Like Afro not only gets him like cuts his fucking arms off, like, but like when he goes in for the kill shot, you see. This is where it all comes to a head. You see now how Afro's dad died. You see like this, almost like this arm come out of his spinal column with a sword in it. And he goes to like cut Afro, but like he, I forget what happens. He like dodges it and like cuts his, like, like almost like cuts his head completely off. Yeah. Afro like slits his throat basically all the way to like where it's just like the skin on like the back. Yeah. He's he's like hanging open like a, like a fucking grapefruit cut in half. Yeah, and this is where we kind of find out that this guy is not like, I don't know if he's not human or like what he is, but he is clearly something else. 
like mm-hmm. he says, he's basically become a god. Um, mm-hmm. And then he kind of like <laughs> he's still talking, while while obviously his head's like completely torn off almost. Mm-hmm. And then he just well, snaps his head back on. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Well, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah, he like snaps his head back on. Like there, there's something like this guy is definitely not human. He like, snaps his head back up, re like retaches his neck, and then like his arms are still gone. But he like shoots them through the ground, and like these spikes come up, and you're like, oh shit, he just impaled Afro. Yeah, because we kind we see like a bunch of skulls that have been with headbands on them. Mm-hmm. That have been stabbed exactly the same way as Afro's been stabbed. Although theirs are like through the eye, and Afro's is like clearly like it looks like it's through, through the fucking hair, hair through the Afro. But like this is where you start hearing that like all these other headbands, like this is where you kind of get like the skinny on everything. Like there's not just a one and a two. There's like a shit ton of headbands out there. Yeah, and, and he's been collecting them all, like the fucking Burger King Kids Club. Yeah, right. Um, but turns out Afro's okay. He's not. Like more than mm-hmm. wounded, he swings off, basically using his hair, sort of. And the power of the Afro flies back at Justice, whose his arms aren't like regenerated. I don't know how he shot those spikes through the ground, but mm-hmm. we don't really know what he is. Um, and Afro basically cuts him in half, and then proceeds to just cut him into fucking shreds. Yeah, like I don't know if you've ever seen the the original Resident Evil movie, um, but like. Where the lasers yes. coming at him, and it's like the checkerboard. Like Very that's, much. That's basically what Afro does to this guy. And uh, yep, everything but his hat and the headband. Yeah, reclaims the number one headband. The number two falls, and mm-hmm. yep. basically, he's, well, and, and he's gotten his revenge. Yep, and what's cool about that is pretty much you find out during this fight that Justice was just pretty much collecting all the headbands. Like he wanted them all to have absolute power. Mm-hmm. And clearly that's what had happened. But I guess what's weird is like all these other headbands, like how does the number 10 get to the number one? How does the like number nine, like how do these other, how do these other headbands get there? I thought there was like a pecking order, right? Like I thought you had to like, to be the, the, the number three had to challenge the two, the two had to challenge the one, like the 10, the nine, you know what I mean? See, and that's one of my gripes and we'll get to that Yeah, yeah. after we get through this episode. Um, but basically we kind of see like all these, everything's kind of like returning back to normal. Like it seems like, the darkness of this world is kind of like left uh-huh. at least for and afro's got the number one he's got it in his grip he's gripped up he's got the number one and then we kind of we fl- flash forward uh it says like many years later or something like that and we're back at many years mount shumi, later. and it looks like original mount shumi again like where afro's mm-hmm. dad took on justice the first time and now you see this oh, warrior, it's... And oh it's so cool such a great scene wraps and headbands and all this stuff and he's got the number two across the eye, but it's across the teddy bear eye. Like it's Gino. yes, it's fucking Gino. Fucking, Such guy, a great. This guy does not die. I don't know what kind of technology they have in this weird, like, feudal cell phone era, but dude, it's the absolute <laughs> best fucking way to end this show. Like Afro, like he's been chilling at the top of Mount Shumi. He is the number one. And who fucking who better than Canyon, right? Who fucking better? <laughs> Did you like that reference? Who fucking better than Gino wrapped in all the fucking headbands to come and be like, fucking come and get it. Fucking ring the chow bell. Dinner is served. Love it. And what, and, and then the show ends on that with them pretty much like, I, he says, long time no see. Um, yeah, they and kinda, they kind of have their clash. And yep, then... Afro gets back into like his like stance where like it shows him like the camera like panning back and him like in his fucking attack stance. 
and it ends like that's it. Yeah, that is like, fucking it. It says like the never ending battle continues. Yep. And then we kind of get like a flash, and it looks like Justice's eyes kind of like, and he like smiles. Yep. And that's so it's like, is he dead or what? And yeah, Chris, that that brings basically the miniseries to an end. Um, so I kind of I want to go back and I want to know like what are what are your overall thoughts really uh, over these first five episodes? Like what are, what are the pros? What are the cons? Like what, what sure. Did you, what did you think overall? Sure. So overall, I still enjoyed it. I it's still like it it was actually really cool, right? Because I had not watched this since, like I said at the beginning of this thing, like I haven't watched it since like 2007, 2008. Because I remember buying it on DVD, like when it first came out. Because that was that wasn't a time in my life where I was like real big into anime. And when something came out on DVD, I would go to like fucking Suncoast or like Walmart and fucking buy it. Like I was like, oh shit, Afro Samurai is releasing on this date. I'm going to the store and buying it. Um, so like when I watched it then, I was watching it with a very like, like it was very unique. And again, I'm a big hip hop guy, so like when I when I see this kind of infusion, I'm all about it. But like when I was watching it this week, um, it I felt like I I, I was able I saw a little bit more that I was griping about. Like again, like you know, we kind of touched on it there for a second at the end. Like, how are these fucking other headbands up here? Like, isn't there a pecking order? Like, doesn't the ten have to challenge the nine who has to challenge the eight, the seven, the six, the five, the like? Like, there's no reason for these other hands, other headbands to be up there if they're not the fucking number two. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's one of like uh, I I actually call that I would call that a plot hole, honestly. Oh, big time, big time. It's like they shouldn't be there, and like unless Justice were to flat out say, "Oh no, I went out and gathered these so they couldn't be around." Like if he would have like you know, and I'm okay with that like lazy like writing where it's like, okay, yeah, no, I left my I left my throne to go just like take these, but like at that point there wouldn't be skulls on fucking spikes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. They could have done better with the headband thing. Like, either have it just be the two and the one, or have a series of, you know, like a top five headbands or something, and have Gino yeah. have, like, the number three. Or like yes, or like have, the guy, have the guys, like, the empty seven. Like, that's six fucking headbands you can have right there. <laughs> yeah, and there's just no headband. Like, that's six. Or, like, the, 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 the Weapon Master from episode one. Like, that's, a, that's another headband you could just have. Yeah. Like, give those guys headbands and just have him collecting them on the way up. Like, I, I feel like they just really, like, I, I get the story they were trying to tell. And it was a really good story. But, like, they really, like, there's this really crazy plot hole there at the end that I just can't overlook. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's hard to overlook. Um, but, yeah, overall, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, I love Samuel L. Jackson. Um, Ron yeah. Ron did a great job as Justice. Mm-hmm. And, they, like, the cast was really, like, Kelly Who was, uh, um... The, I, I forgot I forgot her name already. I'm so sorry. Otsuru? Yeah, Otsuru. Like, that was mm-hmm. Kelly Hu. Like, there's, like, there was some, at the time, I mean, this is 2007, so, like, the Sin City cast is a big deal. So, like, you know, like, these are these are actors that were, like, big names. I mean, you know, Rob Perlman still fucks. I don't care who you are. Um, so, like, these are, these are big, like, Western names that, like, when you're attaching them to an anime, like, you don't see that often. Like, the last time you saw, like, recognizable western names attached to an anime was like Armitage 3 when you had Kiefer Sutherland and Jess uh, and fucking uh, Elizabeth Berkeley attached to an anime like you don't you don't have that like I don't know if you knew that or not 
But no, I did not. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. You said that Armitage. I, I was lost. I was like, all right, well. Yeah, Armitage three had Keither, Kiefer Sutherland and Elizabeth Berkeley, fucking Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell. Hey, they they were they were the primary characters in, in that. So like, like to have like major like Western Hollywood actors attached to this was really fucking cool. And the animation style, top fucking shelf. Like the action, like like it's such a joy to watch. So my my gripes are just kind of plot hole, like nitpicky, like me just being a fucking like, well, you yes. know, me being a smart fan. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm one of those people that I don't try to look for plot holes. But when they like, I mean, that was that one is like it's right in your face. Like, you see, yeah, I was like, just wait a goddamn minute. You see all these headbands and you're like, huh? Well, like, I, how do they get there? Like, I didn't realize the number 10 could just fucking challenge the number one. Right. Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but, but like it made more sense for Gino to have them like at the end because like he clearly worked his way up the pecking order, which I really genuinely wish, genuinely fucking wish like when we saw Afro like as an adult that we saw him with the other headbands or even if he wasn't wearing them, like when he showed up at Otsuru's place, like, hey, I found these in your pocket. What are these like, you know, like playing, you know, like playing dumb, like, oh, no, you've got all these headbands. What are these? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of it makes me wish, uh, like, like you said, I wish that maybe at the beginning of the show we see him and he's got like, I don't know, like the number is six or something, and then the weapons master has a headband. Yes, he takes him out, and it's Afro mm-hmm. challenging them, and not vice yes. versa, because it makes it yes. seem like that there's two headbands. Anybody can face the number two, and yeah. the number two is the only one that can face the number one. But then you get to the yeah. number one, and he's standing there with like bodies everywhere and headbands that, everywhere and you're like what yeah you it, it takes a lot of the emotional sting out of it like oh wow he was the number two but like i really feel like like you hit the nail right on the fucking head cody i would have loved to have seen the series start with him as like the number seven number eight and just like see that evolution of him like i i'm here yeah and that, that, i know i need to get these headbands to get to I, i'm so close and now i know where all these other guys are and i'm gonna work my way through them and it also would have made more sense for like this fucking group to need a headband right yeah no absolutely and, it, and it's it's a small gripe i would honestly rather there be no headbands at the end like i'd rather have yes i'd rather have justice there and he's got heads on skulls okay yeah, like this is how many people have been the number two prior to his master. Because the, I'm, I'm again, I'm glad you said it that way. Because there's so many like you don't know this whole time, and we're talking like a, a, a decade or two, like twenty years at least. You know, from where the head, like from where the time, you know, Afro lost it as a kid. Yeah, and it's not it's versus not like, the master having it. It's not like when you die, the number two headband just goes away. Like the number two, whoever's the new number two, they take that headband. That's how this works. Yeah. So like, I'm okay if there'd be skulls up where Justice is at, but like having the headbands there too, it kind of it takes away from like, yeah, the whole story a little bit. Um, not not really to take away. I don't want to like make it seem like I'm I'm like. No, because it's <laughs> it's still very fun to watch. I know exactly where you're coming yeah. from, but it would have just been better. Like, and it would have also given more weight to like their conversation when he's like, I've been waiting a long time. And you see this graveyard of people like, you know, no, I, I would have liked to have just have said something to the effect of none of these guys were you. Yeah, and just, I've been waiting for you. Yeah, just imagine if the headbands weren't there and then Gino shows up at the end, at the very end, right before they clash. And he just has with the, the number, number two, just just the number two. I don't think he would look yep. as cool, obviously, but like. 
well, it's still like wrapped around his eye like it was before, but that would still be really fucking cool. It's like, you know, and like, because that would have also given more weight to the backstory where it's like, yo, I've been, not only have I been waiting for you here, but I'm also the guy you have to fucking get through to get your revenge. Remember all that, how we tried to stop you from this? Well, now you can't have it until you kill your best fucking friend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think there's a lot more weight that could have been could have been had there. And again, these are these are gripes that now that I'm older and kind of detached from it. But like the first time you watch it, it's so fucking gas. So gas. Yeah, the headband thing still still. I don't know. Even the first time I saw it, I was like, wait, I thought we only had two. But, you know, it's the the show mm-hmm. is I, I love the voice acting. Like you said, I love the animation. I love almost all of the story. Mm hmm. Um, it has this it has this vibe of like a show that like they get canceled going into their last season and then they have to like oh well fuck we got to wrap this up don't we and then there's like well well fuck it we'll just do this you know what i mean yeah it's it's kind of i don't know i, I i'm i'm okay with it but it's one of those things that it's not going to put it at uh like it's not going to be like a 10 out of 10 anime mostly because i mean there's it's just such a an obvious plot hole yeah, no, and, and here's the thing: like, it's uh, you know, it's at the very worst, it's an it's a seven out of ten on its worst day. Um, it's it's a it's an anime, especially if you're a fan of hip hop. Like, the score is excellent, and like, like I said, the theme. This is another great opening, and of course, you know, and maybe I'm biased because I'm a big Wu Tang guy. Like, I'm a I'm a child of the '80s. I was I was in my more impressionable years in the '90s. So, Wu Tang Clan is something that I still very much religiously listen to. You know, protect your neck. Enter the thirty-six chambers are constants on my playlist. So, like, I'm a I'm a sucker. And even the you know the Bobby Digital album, the first RZA solo album, is still one of my all-time favorites. So, like, anything that has like you 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 could make an anime and attach the Wu Tang Clan's name to it, or anybody from that fucking group or that whole you know, organization, and I'm fucking in just immediately, just off, just off principle alone. Absolutely. So. But Chris, this brings us mm-hmm. to our rankings. Well, now, I mean, I, I think that we have, we have two anime now, Chris. Uh-huh. Oh, man. And I mean, we're, we're the real deciders. Like, none of these top 100 lists, they matter. None of those matter. The mm-hmm. only thing that matters, Chris, is the Shonen and Suds. Official. Oh man! Oh man! So Chris, well, this now, one we have seen Cowboy Bebop, and we have mm-hmm. seen Afro Samurai. Not counting the Cowboy Bebop movie, of course, that'll be on a separate sure. ranking. Mm-hmm. Chris, where do you where do you put these things? We got number one and number two. Where do you where do you where do you? Well, rank? well, I I still think overall Bebop is still number one. Um, because like even even though Bebop sometimes does feel kind of disjointed with the with the villain of the week type of you know format, there's not really any plot holes. Um, and here, while Afro Samurai is just such a delight to watch, it's great voice acting, great characters, minus fucking Ninja Ninja, and I'll take that to the grave with me. When you see this pecking order disrupted at the climax, it's enough to shoot it down a peg or two. Am I still say, am I saying avoid it? No fucking way. It is very much worth watching. But go into it knowing that there's this major plot hole at the end, and it's very disappointing. So to, answer, to take the long way around, to take, go around my elbow to get to my thumb to answer your question, 
Cowboy Bebop is just firmly planted at number one, and Afro Samurai is a very distant number two, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think the voice acting in both shows is great. Oh, top notch. I think even with Samuel L. Jackson, I still like the voice acting in Cowboy Bebop more. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly because you get a lot of veteran names that are actually like in the business of voice acting. Like you don't yep. see, you don't see Samuel L. Jackson voice act very much. Um, exactly. But with, like with that being said, they still they do a fantastic job. The music is great. The animation is amazing. Yeah. And I'll say this: I will say this about the music. I will put the music on equal footing with that of Cowboy Bebop. I will do that in a heartbeat. Um, I think you know anytime because you know if you don't if if you don't listen to Wu Tang or you don't listen to rap, dude, the RZA is one of the best fucking producers on planet Earth. That dude, if you attach that guy's name to music, you've got solid fucking gold on your hands. So I will put the Afro Samurai like music. If, if it was a if we were talking about music as far as rankings, I might even put Afro Samurai above Cowboy Bebop when it comes to music overall. So. See, I might disagree. Just, with you. I think I'm going to disagree with you on that, but you know, mm-hmm. and that's fair, and that's absolutely fair. It's just you know, and I I do believe that maybe I'm a little biased on that because I am such a, a fucking mark for the Wu Tang Clan. I don't know, Chris. If we play the Cowboy Bebop movie intro, are you are you still saying that? Fuck! How did you cut me deep, Cody? <laughs> how, how dare you? How dare you do that? Um, probably not. Yeah. You know, when you say it like that, probably not. But we're just comparing the series. To each other yeah um, so guys me and chris both agree our lists are the same we got cowboy bebop still sitting at number one afro samurai number two for now mm-hmm. you know obviously we got a we got a lot of shows to record we got a lot of shows to watch yep. afro um, samurai is clearly planted with that number two headband and cowboy bebop definitely has the number one headband and i, do, I actually don't mind using a headband ranking for the fucking rankings yeah it actually i think works. that's i think that's I mean, kind of flavorful it is it is it is absolutely um, but My wife not... even smiled at that when I was watching. She was like, "You fucking nerd." <laughs> but uh, there is no number three headband. There's only one. There, uh, well, well, no, it's there. It's just no. on a skull of somebody. Yeah, we're we're shutting that down now. Uh... Yeah, we are. No plot holes here, sir. Yeah, we're just going one, one and two are the two headbands. And right now, Cowboy Bebop has it firmly planted around its brow. Yep. Uh, but Chris, before we before we wrap up the episode today, I know this has kind of been a long one for a short series, but uh, you it was it. a lot of fun though. It was a lot oh, of fun, absolutely. like. This is one of those times where I actually really enjoyed. This is one where, you know, because I, when I talked about Cowboy Bebop, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch the movie because I couldn't find it online to watch. But I had just recently watched the series, so it was still very fresh in my head. Um, whereas this is something that I had not seen in pretty much over a decade, so it was really, really fun and refreshing to go back and watch this and. Not only like remember things like oh yeah I remember this happening I remember this I remember that and like it, there's a very nostalgic kind of aspect to it but then I was like wait a fucking minute you know I'm, I'm older now so I I can see I can like see some of these plot holes and things for what they are um, and also I think my tastes have changed um, so like some of the things like you know I think I appreciated Ninja Ninja a lot more when I was younger where I was like now I'm like fuck this guy he's so annoying you know. Right now, I I understand. Um, obviously, I still love Ninja Ninja, but uh, but we got two more things we got to do, Chris, before we wrap up today. Oh, I'm so ready. First things first, you don't know about this one. Um, <laughs> but I've been uh I've been pestering Josh Gardner to give us a question because oh hell yes, Josh Gardner, the the greatest life coach that I know. 
Yeah, basically our number one fan, I think, at this rate. Um, oh, he's so great. He's a great human being. He's a hashtag part of Team Pretty Boys. Uh, Cody, what that means is uh, when I went to UFS Worlds last year, Josh, me, Josh Gardner, and uh, Zach Burrell were Team Pretty Boys. That was our team. So some household names there. So, yeah, Josh Gardner is uh, definitely – I've become fast friends with that human being. I didn't really know him all that well prior to that, but, like, no, nah, he's, he's, he's a terrific – terrific person definitely i would some i would i would, I would definitely uh give the shirt off my back to him at any at a moment's notice if necessary <laughs> yeah absolutely uh he was actually our first follower on podbean he beautiful he's he's the only one that's ever commented so guys if you we need your comments on podbean we need your follows we need your likes your your ratings oh. anywhere we'll read them well and i also apologize cody I'm, I'm glad you said that because i feel like i should be more proactive during the week and saying things like Hey, this Sunday we're doing this. Make sure you watch. You know, hey, how far are you into this? Like, just check it up on people during the week. Make sure they're doing their fucking homework. I mean, it's 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 really not a big deal. Um, but basically, throughout this episode, I was kind of like, hey, man, I need a question for the show because we didn't have one for this week. And he sent me a, a an array of questions. But Chris, the one I've chosen to go with, and I don't know your expertise on this, but he said, why is Digimon better than Pokemon? Fuck, <laughs> Cody. I don't know if it is. I don't know. I'm, that's coming from a place where Digimon to me was like an after school. Like I'm, I'm a lot older, or it was, it was early morning or after school. I don't remember. I was a lot older when Digimon became a thing. It reminded me like an early morning Saturday thing where I was just like literally watching for filler just to get to the next fucking show or to get me through my coffee, just or background noise. So. You know, I blame myself. I didn't really pay much attention to Digimon. I know of it, but I like I don't know. It's like saying, yeah, I know of Willie Nelson, but I don't know Willie Nelson. So, like, I'm more familiar with Pokemon because I'm I'm definitely a little bit older, and Pokemon was a lot more serious business. Like, again, I'm dating myself. Red and blue, that was serious fucking business. I I have have link cable will fucking travel. That was me. You know. Pokemon came out when I was, you know, in high school. So it was not, it was, you know, you settled your beef with your link cable and your two Game Boys. Like, that's how you fucking team V team. You had your 181 or 182 Pokemon. Like, that was, I know more about that than I know about Digimon. So I don't know if it is, Cody. That's, that's me. I took the long, again, I took the long way around to get there, but I don't know if it is. Yeah. I, I, I honestly agree with you, Chris. I, I grew up a Pokemon kid and, uh, Although I still enjoy Digimon a little bit, it, I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> it's apples to oranges. I mean, Pokemon. Is oh, just... it's very different. Exactly. That's like saying, do you like Gundam or Transformers better? Um, and no, it's. I mean, look, look. There, there are there are divided. There are lines in the sand on this one with people. Some people fucking love Digimon. It sounds like old JG loves him some Digimon. And you know what? I while I do. While I do not agree with what he says, I will defend <laughs> to the death his right to say it. Yeah, I think I, I remember going to see one of the Digimon movies in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been the first one. Mm-hmm. If I remember the Digimon's name, I would say it, but I... Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't fucking tell you. I know there was like a, a, a dinosaur with like cannons on his back. That's all I remember. I think there... Is it Metal Greymon? I remember Greymon. Sure. I, I do that. S- sounds great. You could make but up like, some bullshit. You could, you could put three <laughs> syllables together and say, "Yeah, that's a Digimon." And I'd be like, "Sounds great." But like, there's no shot at this show being better than Pokemon. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Even without Brock and Misty, Pokemon still is just leagues above. 
Yeah, no, I have to agree because like Pokemon was very revolutionary. Like you remember the first Pokemon movie? Like, oh, oh dude, I fucking I I still get misty eyed when Pikachu loses his mind because Ash is dead, yeah. and then you have like the crazy like not like, the quintessential pop soundtrack. Like you want to talk about American pop in the nineties? You've got a soundtrack that's full of. <laughs> Backstreet Boys, In <laughs> Sync, Britney Spears. I think even Christina Aguilera has a song on the soundtrack. Like, like the Pokemon soundtrack is fucking gas. It is 1998, <laughs> pure unleaded, 93 Supreme fucking gasoline. <laughs> the best part about the soundtrack is like 95% of those songs don't even appear on on the actual movie. Oh, correct. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's back just when, back when soundtracks weren't actually part of the movie. Oh yeah, this was just like we need fucking we we want to sell records, so we're gonna put who's popular right now, them cool fucking make a song, put it on the soundtrack, you're in. Yep. Yeah, so I, I think he, I think he might be he might be tripping a little bit here. Um, he might he might be he might be off his rocker, but you know what? Maybe, I, maybe, I'm maybe it's Digimon. okay. We might have to nominate Digimon just to find out if we're. If we're wrong, wrong, uh, look, listen, I mean, I'll totally watch Digimon because it'll actually be a a first time for me because I've seen when I say I've seen episodes, I say that in the loosest term um, and the loosest, I guess, the loosest way of saying it because it was always background noise when it was on. Yeah, see, I've seen Digimon Adventure and Digimon Adventure 2 and the movies that follow along with them. Mm -hmm. But after that, I haven't seen a thing. So we're talking from. 2001, 2002, until now, I haven't seen. Fuck. Is it still going? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking. Shit. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Digimon Wikipedia page. Oh, man. Digimon.org. We got Digimon Adventure, which is the same name as the original one. Um, first aired April 5th, 2020. F. So the show's still going on. Jesus. Okay. Well, awesome. so don't Maybe, take this the wrong way. Here, you know what? For, for Josh, we'll put. I'll put. Digimon on the on the suggestions you know, list. You know, I, I respect that. I respect that. From. And uh, speaking of which, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. since we have a movie next week, and then after that, we really don't have anything lined up. We have to have another poll. Yeah, yeah. So what's on the poll this week, sir? Like we got some, uh, we got some fresh faces, some returning faces, and some fresh faces. What do we got? Yeah. So for for me at least, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and bring back One Punch Man just because I haven't sure. seen, I haven't seen season two. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, One Punch Man was actually leading the vote. Yeah. Uh, until Afro Samurai kind of had a little comeback win. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to nominate One Punch Man as the one I haven't seen technically because I haven't seen mm-hmm. season two. Uh, and then for the one I have seen, I'm going to go ahead and go with my, my favorite just to get it out of the way. I'm going to go with Death mm-hmm. Note. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, it's just um, a staple in my, in my like like you said, background noise. Like <laughs> Death Note, I, I watch it at least once a year mm-hmm. in full, and then it's background noise 90% of the time. Um well, and I'm glad you said that because I think I, by adding my choices, I've made the poll a lot more difficult. Um, because for the one I've seen, I actually added Yu Yu Hakusho, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a classic, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then, and then for the one I haven't seen, I, I, I put an asterisk next to that because I haven't seen past season one. I actually added Attack on Titan. Okay, and actually, now not to go too crazy but if attack on titan wins or i guess if death note wins we're gonna have to watch our first live action movie chris how do you feel what? about that uh, i mean look listen i'll do it if i have to i'm not happy about it but i'll do it if i have to 
Yeah, I think I think Death Note was the first live action anime film. Which I saw. all things considered, all things considered. Yeah, I mean it's not great. No, I'll no. say that. Oh, I'm 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 not talking about the Netflix one. If that's what you. Okay. Mean. Oh, that's no, where I was going. No, with that. no, I'm okay. talking about like the original. Uh, there's two actually. It's two Death Note movies. Um, they're they're Japanese only, obviously. Um, I watched oh. them illegally, of course. Of course uh, you did. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then of course, Chris. I know we talked about it before the cast started. We've both actually seen the Attack on Titan live action movie. Yeah, in theaters, no less. Now, did you see both of them, or did you both see parts? Them? I saw, I saw them both. Uh, I saw them both. Yeah, my my wife, bless her soul, actually took me to go see both of them. Oh my god, that second movie! Oh, it was it was a rock polisher. Yeah, it is. The first one I thought was okay. First one was fine. First one was first... Uh, like okay, but mm-hmm. then the second one, I was. Oh, like, it I, was. I have no idea what this is. Nothing yeah, yeah. like the show at all. Um, but oh yeah, it was it was out there. But yeah, guys. So once again. We got Yu Yu Hakusho, Attack on Titan, Death Note, and One Punch Man. The poll will be up on Twitter um, mm-hmm. pretty much right after I post this episode. Um, so as soon as you guys can hear this, it, you can go to our Twitter at Shonen and S-H-O-N-E-N-A-N-D. You can type in Shonen and Suds in the, in the search bar, um, but Twitter kind of cuts us off on that, like basically mm-hmm. what our at is. Mm-hmm. So it's just Shonen and... Uh, give us a follow and just be sure to vote. Uh, you guys basically get, get to decide what we watch next. I keep waiting for you to say Shonies. Shonies. <laughs> Fucking Shonies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys. So if you guys want to make us suffer through some live action films, you know, you can vote for that that uh, Attack on Titan. Our, our fate is in your hands. So we definitely want you to, to we urge you to vote. Absolutely, guys. Good, uh, bad, or indifferent. But yeah, Chris, you got anything else before we wrap up? No, man, I'm good. It was I was actually a, it was a pleasure um, revisiting an old classic. That's actually one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is I actually get to revisit some shows that I have not watched in a long time, and it reminds me. And Afro Samurai was another one that I watched. That was it was or it it reminded me why I like anime so much. Um, granted, plot holes aside, it's still very very fun to watch. Um, I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of things you can do in anime that you just can't do in movies. Um, and there's just some great storytelling to be had here. Again, plot holes aside, because those are kind of crippling when you really get down to the you know brass tacks of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I really enjoyed watching something I had not watched in you know 12 years, 10, 12 years, which was great. So I can't I I, can't, I look forward to doing this with more like. Bebop didn't have the same impact because it's something I had watched. Like literally, it was one of the things I had watched. Like right when quarantine started. Um, obviously, we're still on you know pandemic quarantine you know measures for the most part. But it was something that I had watched a couple months ago, mm-hmm. um, back in like May or June. So it was still a little bit fresh in my head. Whereas something like this, I had not watched in a long time, and I was like, oh fuck, I remember this. So there's some very much like nostalgia factors there, and I'm looking forward to taking that trip with more things that I watch. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, re- correct me if I'm wrong, but you haven't seen Afro Samurai Resurrection. I actually have not. Yeah, next week is Resurrection. I have not watched that yet. Yeah, guys, so uh, if you guys want to experience that with us, we'll be watching Afro Samurai Resurrection. 
Uh, I don't know about Chris. I'll be watching it on Hulu. It's available on Hulu. If you yeah, I'll be watching it on Hulu as well. So, and, and it's really cool. Like, I'm actually really excited to go into something. This will be the first time on this podcast that it's something I haven't seen before. So I'll be getting like some premium, like first time reactions on this, which I'm really excited about. Well, Chris, it was nominated for two daytime Emmy awards. So, you know, no yeah, shit. It's something to look forward to. Um, but yeah, guys, if you want to follow along, just be sure uh, to vote on the, uh, on the poll on Twitter and uh, stay tuned and watch Afro Samurai Resurrection with us. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good film. I, I enjoy it. Uh, we add Lucy Liu and Mark Hamill to the cast, so. Oh, well, say no more. Stop drilling. You've struck oil. You had me at Mark Hamill. Uh, but yeah, guys, once again, thanks again for listening. Uh, be sure to leave us an iTunes rating or a comment anywhere. We'll be sure to read it on the show. If you guys have any questions, please leave them on the Facebook post. And uh, until next time, guys, I'm Cody Snodgrass. I'm Chris Adams. Toodaloo, friends.